right, my name's Paul. And my name is Wolfie. And you're listening to No Garnish. Here we are at No Garnish FM, the HQ of where it all happens. Oh, yes, this is where it all happens. <laughs> what do you want to say, Paul? <laughs> As usual, you leave me speechless. <laughs> Someone said to me, I'm like a, I'm like an excitable dog. Can you pass me my deodorant? Yeah. Is this on air, by the way? Yeah. This is why we need to do a live version of it. Yeah, it's all going in. <laughs> so, hey, man, how you been doing? I haven't seen you for a long time. No, you've been on holiday. I've been on holiday, listeners. How was that? Oh, my God. I haven't been on holiday for nine months, and I haven't been away for 18 months. I haven't been away for years. Have you not? No. Oh, Paul. Yeah, tell me oh, about God, it. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Fucking desperate, man. Oh, man. Do you want... Should we do an, uh, a GoFundMe so that you can have yeah. a holiday? <laughs> yeah, anywhere. <laughs> Please, anywhere. Some out-of-season Butlins. That'll do. Oh, you definitely don't want no, to go to the Butlins. No, I really don't in, want uh, to go to Butlins. The no. Sands Butlins. We went past it on our, on our previous holiday, and oh my god, it looked like a concentration camp. I was about to say, they always look like concentration oh, camps. Oh, but it really did look like, um, like this where you were sent prisoners of, um, prisoners yeah. of war and yeah. stuff. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> How was your holiday? Let's be honest, it was mixed. Okay. Um, so, uh, me and my partner went on holiday with my parents. Yeah. And we went to Snowdonia. Oh my god, Snowdonia is absolutely unbelievably beautiful mm-hmm. it was just incredible it was just amazing like every photo i took was like a cover of national geographic right and i've actually made a little holiday video that's on my instagram but i can put it onto the no garnish one if okay. people want to see it and then we also went to port merriam as well and i made a little video of that and that was just weird that's where they filmed the the prisoner the prisoner yeah yeah, yeah. that was so surreal it was like you know i love model villages yeah it was like someone had made a model Italian village, but then blown it up again. Do you know what I mean? It, it is was, a weird place, isn't it? I mean, it was like a mecca for old ladies. Okay. Like, man, the amount of old lady people walking around. Right. Like, what was really nice as well, actually, we kind of got lost in the woods around because they've got like this kind of walk that you can take and you can go into like the ghost uh, cemetery and yeah. you can go to the pet cemetery in the ghost garden or something. And we kind of got lost. But that was just really amazing. That was just like some really amazing trees and stuff. And what do they call it? They call it forest bathing now, don't they? Do they? Yeah. So it's not walking in a woods or anything. No, it's forest bathing. Forest bathing? Yeah. Soak up the forest. Okay. And it makes you feel better about yourself. It's like mental health stuff. And then we did something else which was really cool where we went to Zip World. (laughs) Okay. I'm imagining a museum of zips. Yeah. Yeah, what? it's just like every zip. No, it wasn't. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> zip world. Like we only went on one thing, but it was like a roller coaster that goes down the hill through the forest. Oh wow! And you have like brakes to control it. Well, that sounds amazing. And that was really cool yeah. as well. So I love that kind of thing. And it, it was really cool. And we had a few meals out. Um, we stayed in a, a little tiny village in the middle of nowhere called Dufferin Ar Dudwi, oh. and it was like a sort of forty-minute walk to the nearest shop. 
which was literally just like one shot and I kept on saying to Josh on the first day because it was pissing it down with rain I kept on saying like we've come on holiday by mistake <laughs> I always feel like that when I go out of the city really yeah. <laughs> when you're in the countryside I don't belong here yeah and it was really like the way that we found our way back to it was like oh yeah past the dead vole oh yeah that's where the dead rabbit is and oh yeah the, the mouse with his head cut off we're near, we're near the shop now I love the English countryside <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> don't touch the things <laughs> this is a local shop for local people there's nothing for you here there was a bit where we're in a cafe and a load of bikers came in Right. Um, you know, they're kind of, and not like Hell's Angel bikers or anything, yeah. but just, you know, they looked about sort of 60 odd ish. And me and Josh found it so funny because they went like, Oh, you're going to have a cup of tea. Oh, you're going to have that old grey. Oh, la di da. Mm, la di da. <laughs> and we were just like, Jesus Christ, is your masculinity that fragile yeah. that you find old grey tea yeah. something to laugh at still? You know <laughs> what I mean? Because we love old grey. That's because we're southern yeah. hipsters, isn't it? And it was funny because we were talking on the replacement bus back. And I was saying, like, to Josh, like, is it Duffwin, Duffwin or Dudwin? Duffwin or Dudwin? You know, because the thing is with Wales is that everything looks like a cat sat on the keyboard. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's just like, and then when we got off, the, the bus driver said to him, like, said to me, like, Duffwin or Dudwin? Now say it again. You've heard it now twice. Oh, Jesus. You know, and I was like, Duffwin or Dudwin? And he went, perfect. You've got it now. Well done. <laughs> I was just like, okay, thanks, man. They won't burn you alive that night. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you live till morning. <laughs> Keep him alive another day. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was a great chance to sort of spend more time with my folks because obviously they're quite old. And, um, you know, I haven't really seen them much in the last few years as well because of COVID and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and man, like, God, a holiday. It just wonders for your soul because, you know, I've come back this week and... I have definitely felt like work's been so much easier than yeah. just, you know, yeah. living and just, man, just to get a little change of scene. So, yeah, no wonder why, like, um, you, I was just going to say, no wonder why you're struggling. <laughs> that makes it sound like you're yeah. struggling, but if you've not been away for years, no. that's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to go to <laughs> Wonderland, didn't you? Yeah, I do. You do, yeah. I, I want to go anywhere. Anywhere. Just take me anywhere. Josh, Josh is really into the idea of us going so that he doesn't have to go. <laughs> You know, I was that I'm that desperate. Like a few weeks ago, yeah, I was begging my friends just to can we just drive to the dump? Right, I, I just so desperately just want to get out of this little bubble of like work home, work home. Yeah, even a trip to the dump, <laughs> right, right, would be really welcome. Please, did you go to the dump? No, oh no, we did. We did go for a little drive in the countryside, though. Where did you go in the countryside? Along the coast. Yeah, through all those creepy. South Coast towns that we were talking about. Oh, yeah. So, Did you get strange looks? I gave them strange looks. <laughs> I do find, actually, like, Brighton is um, such a little pocket of metro living. You don't have to go that far out for it to start feeling uneasy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We were in this, like, North um, Wales, like, mining town. And I was just looking around. I was like, man, this would be an amazing place to set a horror movie. I was thinking like, yeah, Welsh, like horror, mining town, horror. Could actually be quite good. That sounds good, yeah. Yeah, it does. You need to get on and fucking write it, don't you? I know, we're we're coming up with lots of movie ideas recently. Yeah, maybe someone wants to employ us to become the ideas people and someone else can write it. Yeah. Think tank. Think tank. (laughs) Drunk tank. Drunk (laughs) tank. I love it. (laughs) Speaking of which, what are we drinking? 
We are drinking Benton's Old Fashions. Oh, Benton's Old Fashioned. Created in 2007 by Don Lee at PDT in New York, Benton's Old Fashioned is an old-fashioned cocktail made with bacon-infused bourbon. Oh, that's weird. It is a bit weird. I've never had one before, and I'm still trying to work out if I really like it or not. It's weird. It's unusual. It's it's hogo, definitely hogo. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. Really? Yeah. That is so that's the most hogo thing you've you've given me. Is it? Yeah, that really is. It's very, very like French fine dining. You, you you're told to like it, but you don't know if you do, but then there's mm. a sophistication in it where you're thinking like, no, I should like this. It starts really well. It starts really strong. I really like the flavour of when you when it when you first get it. Mm. But it's the it's the flavour towards the end. But do you know what I mean? Because there's yeah. a sort of slightly weird meat twinge to it and I just think it's because like I've never had a meat cocktail you're not sure I think it's it's really interesting I wonder if it's one that might I might need a little bit of time to warm up to well I think I think the weird thing about this cocktail is that you can taste bacon but I don't know if you taste the best part of the bacon (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have to expand on that (laughs) so like when I think of crispy bacon like a bacon sandwich like the the bit that's the tastiest is the crispy, meaty bit. Yeah. But I think what I'm tasting more of is the fat of the bacon. Well, that's what it's made from. Right. So it uses a technique called fat washing. Oh, my God. So fat washing is when you infuse a spirit with a fat or an oil. In this example, you've got bacon fat, but other examples would be peanut butter or butter, coconut or olive oil. Now that sounds delicious, peanut butter infused. Do you think? Yeah. I think if you got the balance right, yeah, that could work well. But Benton's Old Fashioned, and Benton's is the brand of bacon that they originally used. Mm. So you okay. take so you take the fat from Benton's bacon, pour it into the spirit bourbon, let that infuse for a while, and then you put it in the freezer, and the, the fat hardens so you can drain off the spirit. Right, right. That makes sense? Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can take bacon and shred it down and, and, and like, dissolve it into... You could do. Could you? That's not the way they do it, though. I think that's the way you should do it. Is it? So you get more of the meaty flavour. Yeah, and the smoke... I think the thing I was hoping was that it was going to be more smoky. I think it's... I mean, I think Benton's bacon is is like a double-smoked bacon. Right. You can't get Benton's over here. Oh, so, I see. So what I've used is just a normal smoked bacon, and it's not as smoky as I was hoping for, but it's also less bacony than I was worrying it was going right, to be. Right, right, I see. Definitely get a salty note, and you get an umami note. Yeah, it's definitely umami, yeah. And I don't mind the umami, no, and I don't mind... Do you know I was thinking about it? Because what confuses me is that all the ingredients in this... You've got bacon, you've got bourbon, you've got maple syrup as the sweetener. Yeah. You've got bitters, and you've got orange. Right. All those things separately, I love. Yeah. Combining them all, it doesn't really work for me. i tell you what it actually does remind me of quite a lot, is bacon and marmalade sandwiches. Bacon and marmalade sandwiches. I've never had Which that. Which is a bit of a thing. Is it? But I'm not crazy about them either. Oh, interesting. I like marmalade. I like bacon. Yeah. Put together. Mm, Where no. do you stand on pancakes with a fried egg, bacon and maple syrup? 
Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, I'll do the American breakfast. That's right. amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my um, food coma days because it normally puts me into a sugar coma. I'm going to say when you like when I visited America, the breakfasts Americans just do breakfast so well. Yeah, they do. I think Americans are kind of like king of the breakfast. Yeah, you know, maybe if you make this right with Bentons, it is world class. Right, but. It's 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 so popular. It it did become a very. It was like PDT's biggest selling cocktail for years. It right. was it was like a real hit. Right. And so lots of people now make their own versions, and they don't use Bentons. They use whatever. Okay. So I think it's fair game to try it with whatever bacon. And yeah. if and I, I think you're going to get something close to it. It's not going to be as good as theirs I'm sure they're a world class cocktail bar but I think it's giving you a hint of what you're going to get do you I think th- it'd be better if it was much smokier I think it would be better yeah I think so I, I reckon probably the key is the quality of the bacon I think like yeah, I don't know if it's still there anymore but in Brighton there used to be at the bottom of Hanover an amazing organic butchers it was right. tiny and and the meat in there was just incredible. And, you know, when you asked him, like, where does this come from? He had, like, pamphlets and leaflets for all the local farms. And I used to treat myself to a really expensive breakfast where I'd buy the bacon and all, all of the stuff from there. Mm. And I've never had bacon like it. Should have gone there. I should have gone there. I don't know if he, I don't know if he still exists actually. No, I, um, I think you know. I did, I did go to the the butchers near where I work, which is a really good butcher. Oh, did you? Oh, you went to the butchers to get the bacon then? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I did get proper. It wasn't bacon. like supermarket bacon. No, no, I got proper farm bacon. Oh wow. Well, then 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 I've, it should be great. I've then. tried. Yeah, you really have. I did try. Oh, sorry, man. I I shouldn't have presumed that you didn't get the best quality bacon. No, but still, it's still not... Like, I did actually watch a video on YouTube about Benton's bacon. <laughs> wow. And how they make it. Yeah. And when when they it's like a presenter who's being taken round. And yeah. when they give her it at the end, after showing all the process... Right. And she tastes it. And you can see she's blown away and she goes, oh my God, th- this doesn't taste like any bacon I've ever had. Oh, really? This is incredible. And it, and the colour of it, it didn't have the colour of any bacon I've ever seen. It was wow. really dark. It's like double cold smoked. Wow. Oh, oh so, my God. So I imagine Benton's bacon's fucking amazing. What are they feeding their pigs, man? <laughs> Although, on a bit of a worrying note, I watched a program whilst on a holiday, um, which is about basically the pork, British pork industry is just going to fold. Really? It's just crazy. Yeah, because of Brexit, mm. all of the, we don't have enough trained staff to deal with, in, to work in abattoirs. Yeah. And also to work as butchers as well. We've okay. got like that as a shortage. So that was a massive double. That was like a, the first hit because a lot of pig farmers just had to just get rid of all these pigs because there wasn't enough people right. to either slaughter them or, or process the meat. Okay. So that was their first failing. And then now the cost of the feed and the bills and the electric and all of that Loads of farmers on this program were just like, I, I I have to close the pig farm this year, otherwise I will go bankrupt, and I need to use this land for something else. And the only problem is with that is that, like, you know, um, generally speaking, British meat is, is on a such better level than European mm. in terms of how we treat animals. I mean, I still don't think it's great, and the industrialised meat process really is quite inhumane. But I think in Europe it's even worse. Mm-hmm. 
So that means we're going to get even more imported meat. Yeah. So I'm actually tempted to... I am kind of like bordering on the idea of really slowly becoming vegetarian because... I thought you were going to say buy your own pig. <laughs> buy my own pig. I really thought that's where you were going. I mean, to be honest, I could lose a few pounds, so I could just cut bits off me. <laughs> My love handles, man. <laughs> a bit of also cannibalism. Yeah. Why don't we have a, the Reese special? <laughs> I'm so chonky as a man. That literally, like, if it was the apocalypse, you could cut my leg off and probably feed us for a couple of years. I mean, I'd have one leg, but at least we'd be surviving. <laughs> Josh always says to me, like, if we were in a survival situation, you would just, you would just eat everything and just, like, I would just perish wouldn't I and I'm just like yeah I think probably that is what would happen because <laughs> I, like, I don't think it would take long before you're looking at him and he turns into like a drumstick <laughs> like in the cartoons <laughs> I know because like you know if there's any le- food left over in the house like he always goes back to it a few days later and went I'm sure there was like a sausage left like did you eat it like two days sausage I, I, I didn't eat any sausage as I'm like eating the sausage <laughs> as we speak yeah I two days yeah no I know 24 hours at the most after yeah. that it's fair game I reckon so yeah. that's the rule yeah two hours it's fair game two hours <laughs> <laughs> two to four hours is fair game <laughs> do you remember we talked about what an old fashioned cocktail is Yes, we did, yeah. So do we need to repeat that? Uh, Probably not. Okay. I can't remember what it is, but we did... I remember talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) So 1806 was when the first definition of a cocktail appeared in print, described as a potent concoction of spirits, bitters, water and sugar. So that that was just called a whiskey cocktail, and that's what you'd get. Right, what, just whiskey? Whiskey, bitters, sugar and water. Oh, okay, right. And then by the middle of the 19th century, bartenders were putting in liqueurs into that the, the whiskey cocktail. Right, okay. And so people would start asking for an old-fashioned cocktail. Can I have a whiskey cocktail, but like the old-fashioned style, without the extra liqueurs? Oh, in. so before they were called whiskey cocktail, and then they started adding stuff to them, and then yes. they were like, oh, can I have an old-fashioned version? Because I don't like the newfangled ones. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. you mentioned at the time of like how weird that was that in the 1800s, people are wanting something old-fashioned. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so the first mention in print of old-fashioned cocktails was in 1880. And 1880, when the old-fashioned was created, that's when the light bulb was created. Oh, and a light bulb moment went off. Linking to that, yeah. my next thought was, but where did that come from? How did a light bulb get to be associated with ideas? Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, do you, yeah, know, yeah. Do you know this? Is it something to do with Edison, the way that he invented the light bulb? No. Okay. I have no idea. This doesn't really matter, but there were two light bulb inventors as well. Oh, yeah, there was. Was it yeah. Edison and who was the other one? Swan. Joseph Swan. He's, oh, right. He was the English inventor. Right. What happened to him? Why didn't he make any money? Well, he did. Right. Yeah, the two companies joined together. Oh, right. The story of this was that they were both they both came up with the idea of the light bulb independently. So Edison was trying to make commercial light bulbs, like for industry. Right. And Joseph Swan was trying to make light bulbs for the home. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in the end, they joined forces and made the Edison and Swan United Electric Light Company. I was just going to say, there's a really good film called The Current War. It's got, um, what's his face, um... Is it Benedict Cumberbatch in that? Yeah. Is I always it? think Benedict Cumberbatch sounds like a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? 
Like, yeah, it's got a cumbuck. Cum, I can't say his name now. It's got a him, and it's got the other guy who looks really nasty in every film he's in. But I can't. He's a good actor, but I can never remember his name. And then he plays the other guy who um, was really famous. <laughs> so we've kind of taken a bit of a, a deviation. We but have. Where is the light bulb moment come from? Okay, so when newspapers were first reporting about Edison before photography so the they were illustrating these articles about edison and his amazing light bulb and they would illustrate it with like a darkened room with a single light bulb illuminating it oh okay so that's one thing the other what place where it comes from is felix the cat cartoons oh not the i was thinking of felix the um cat food cartoons Oh, not the cat food. (laughs) Right, I was thinking, God, I thought the light bulb thing came from way before that. Yeah, it was way before that. Yeah, Felix the Cat, who was like a silent cartoon. Right. Before Mickey Mouse. Right. And in the cartoons, to illustrate sometimes when he has a thought or idea, they would use little symbols and pictograms. Oh, okay. And they started using the light bulb as him having an idea in that. And that's oh. the first time that someone having an idea is illustrated by a light bulb. It's oh, Felix interesting. the Cat cartoon. That's really interesting. It must have been an amazing period. You know, something that I found interesting about um, the film The Prestige is that uh, the making of... Uh, who's the director again? Oh, God. Why can't I remember anything today? Was it Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. Um, he was He was saying that, you know, we often think about Victorian period as being very black and white and very dark Hmm. and very like regressive but actually it was the complete opposite it was it was very progressive there were all these kind of new social things that were coming into place yeah and whilst you know we look at look back at that time in black and white it's actually very colorful Hmm. like yes okay people did wear black a lot and there was lots of soot damage and all of that but you know you had all this amazing sudden like from the industrial revolution all this incredible new technology electricity steam engines you know uh flight uh, uh, travel people could travel the world much quicker much easier yeah you know and um and because of that it, it created a massive amount of social change you know you had suffragettes you had all workers rights coming in you know the dismantling of um of the slave trade as well yeah. you know so actually like quite a kind of interesting to think what it would have been like to be in those times well, that's really interesting about the Felix the Cat <laughs> thank you for the <laughs> Felix the Cat the wonderful wonderful cat whenever he gets in a fix he reaches into his bag of tricks Felix the Cat the wonderful wonderful cat you laugh so much your sides will ache your heart will go pit a bad watch and Felix the wonderful cats. So yeah, going to go a bit abstract with this one. Oh, like right. in some of the previous episodes, the recent ones, it had lots of facts. Yes. This one, not so much facts, is just a train of thought that I went down. Okay. That, that I'm going to ask you to follow me down. Right, okay. So from the light bulb idea inspiration moment, yeah, that started getting me, well, what's an idea then? What is an idea? Yes. So the first person to actually question that, as far as we know, was Plato. It's 400 BC. Oh, okay. He was the first to pose the question, what are ideas? Right. 
And that was as far as I went into the philosophy of ideas, because that kind of philosophy really winds me up. Does it? Yeah. Why is that? I like philosophy that has a practical purpose. Okay. Like, I'm a big fan of Elaine de Botton, who, he's a philosopher, but he always tries to apply philosophy to how to make life better, which was the origins of philosophy. It was about how to live a better life. Oh, interesting. I didn't realise that. That was the roots of philosophy, but... Well, well, to sort of um, think of things uh, abstractly in order to uh, muse around them so that we could have better psychology. So you can apply them. Apply them, right. Rather than just endless musing right. and debating. And, and that just winds me up. I know you like the noodling. Oh, I'm, I'm a massive noodle. I'm, I, that is what I am. I'm, noodle me up. So the, so the endless musing, you just feel there's a bit more like free from jazz. It just kind of yeah. goes <laughs> yeah. off, like yeah. scatting. Yes. So I kind of, I stopped at that point with the philosophy and went straight to this thing that I discovered called the diffusion of innovation. Right. And it's basically, okay. it's a theory by a guy called Everett Rogers in the early 60s. He was studying rural sociology and he was interested in how ideas spread. Right. How does an idea go from one person having an idea to it being adopted by a load of people. Well, this is interesting because I think I know about this because ah. we studied this at university. Did you? Right. Because I was in university in the um, early to mid-2000s mm. and we had a really great theory teacher who gave us lectures and he was talking to us about the importance of memes and memes yeah. were really just kind of bubbling up and, and talking to the importance about viral content because, you know, this was a real thing that he was like, You're, this is going to be very, very vital. And he was talking about how the word meme, you know, memetic, it comes from the idea of genes, how genes are passed down okay. through people. And so a meme is like an idea that passes through people and and mutates like genes do. And so there's this kind of like synchronicity between the idea of genes and memes. Mm. So I tell you about this idea of the diffusion of innovation. Yeah, so he's studying rural sociology right, in okay. Ohio. And he's basically, he's looking at farmers and how farmers come to adopt or not adopt new farming ideas. And he develops these observational studies right. into this theory which actually still holds. So 60 years later, his theory of diffusion of innovation still stands. And right. that's, that's the commonly adopted theory. And I thought we could use the Benton's old-fashioned right. to illustrate this theory. Okay. We're applying sociological theory about the diffusion of ideas to cocktails. Yeah, but we often do that in an episode. We often talk guess, about how... Do we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We, we've, we've often come across Maybe, this. Right. Where we've talked about how cocktails, you know, uh, because because drinking cocktails and making cocktails, you know, mm. it's, a very, it's a very sociable thing. And the way that cocktails have changed and down to, you know, new uh, new ingredients or, or the way that the cocktails are mutated through different people adding to the recipes and yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We've just never done it in a, such a deliberate way. Well, I think it's about time we blow it. It's about time, isn't it? Let's yeah. Get, let's do it. Come on. Okay, so there's five factors in his diffusion of innovation model. Okay. So factor one, innovation. Any idea practice or object okay in this example the benton's old-fashioned okay don lee comes up with this idea do you know what i'm going to infuse bourbon with bacon okay and make a cocktail so that's innovation i oh. hang on a minute hang on a minute i'm getting you making that out okay one innovation in ovation number two you need to have adopters 
You need to have people who take up the idea. Adopters. Right. Adopters. Not a doctor. With with the Benton's Old Fashioned, they're selling it in the bar. Yes. People are coming in and going, oh, that sounds interesting. A bacon cocktail. I'll try that. Okay. So those are your adopters. Number three, communication channels. Right. The means to transfer information about the idea. So for the Benton's Old Fashioned, you've got people try it. They tell their friends, oh, I went to this bar. I had this bacon cocktail. It was really good. And then maybe they post on social media or whatever. Yes, of course. Yeah. You've got the means for the information about the idea to spread. Yes. Number four, time. You, you need to have time in this equation because without time, you're just stuck in a moment. Of course. So that's kind of like an obvious one. Yeah. And then number five, a social system where you've got internal and external influences. So you've got the mass media. You've got people start writing about the bacon old fashioned. You've got bartenders tell each other and they, oh, have you heard about this drink? You know, within a few years or a couple of years, suddenly everyone's talking about this bacon cocktail that this guy's created. And people start trying it, people are liking it, they're telling their friends. And then you kind of go back to the start. And so someone comes up, okay, well, what about a duck-infused martini? And so for a while, there were all these people trying their own fat-washed cocktails. It did become a bit of a trend for a while, fat-washing. Oh, interesting. It's also interesting that none of the other meat-based cocktails became successful. Right. And I would argue that's because people don't want meat in their cocktails. <laughs> yeah, I, I... But it's interesting that the Bentons, the first one, was a massive success. That was a success. But maybe the other ones just didn't taste very nice. No, they probably didn't. No. And also, is is sensational. You know, Lady Gaga wearing her meat dress was sensational. Repulsive. But absolutely amazing at the yeah. same time. And really kind of um, makes you talk, makes you question, you know, her meat dress is actually, and actually a lot of things about Lady Gaga that she's done over the years, um, has been very, very clever in the terms of getting her constantly in the media, you know, the, yeah. the kind of, she's very beautiful, but making herself incredibly ugly and making, you know, monster masks and all of this sort of stuff. But the meat dress particularly, you know, you can only do that once because if if I went to somewhere wearing a meat dress, I would be like, oh, <laughs> you're copying Lady Gaga. Can you imagine me going down into audio wearing a fucking meat dress? They'd be like, all right, mate, I think, well, legends, like fucking hell, like you stink. But, you know, she can do it. And and, and if anyone does it, it's just going to be you're copying Lady Gaga. You exactly. can only do it the once. Exactly. So something sensational has to be you know, you, you become de desensitised to it, don't you? Yeah, it is interesting, I think, that with the Benton's old fashions, the best idea came first. Right. It's like, that one works. Many people have tried other variations or riffs on that idea to varying degrees of success. Let's put right. it that let's put it that way. But right. none of the others have taken off. Right. This is also a thing with like um in my early years of cocktail making, there was a YouTube channel I used to watch and the guy on that said about how cocktails become successful. It's like it's gotta be easy to make, right, easy to remember, mm -hmm. easy to ask for, and tasty. Yeah. So anything that's too faffy, people can't make it at home. People don't want to make it in bars. Yeah. If it's got a stupid name, people don't want to ask for it, or people forget it. <laughs> oh, definitely. So it's got to hit all those criteria, and all the classic cocktails 
have that criteria they meet that criteria but you know like uh it's like in a previous episode you were talking about harbingers of failure you know and i think these are me harbinger of failure failure. oh listeners he's not the harbinger of failure i don't think so at all i just mean if i bet on something guaranteed to lose oh yeah okay okay yeah yeah yeah. that was what harbinger of failure was wasn't it yeah you know everything you're talking about is like marketing 101 isn't it is you know we're talking about in the previous episode like you know uh, Ghostbreakers and Ghostbusters and how Ghostbusters wouldn't have been a success yeah. as great Ghostbreakers Breakers Ghostbreakers <laughs> I like Ghostbreakers Ghostbreakers that's a whole other thing oh my ghost god Ghostbreakers yeah. oh my god that would be amazing that would be really good I'd love a ghost that just baked me things in the yeah. night do you know what I mean like I smell toasty muffins <laughs> come in just like oh it's the Ghostbreaker thank you Ghostbreaker Although, would it have ectoplasm slime all over it? No, Probably no, would. no, it's a nice children's story. Oh, it's a nice story. I'm thinking story. of a nice children's story. The Ghost Baker. The Ghost Baker. Oh, my God, we're like like the idea factory here. Oh, my God, we should maybe, like, coin some of these we're for We're blowing our own minds. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about, uh, just very briefly, um, there's a really good book called The Tipping Point by um, Martin Gladwell. Okay. Don't let me forget about bread, though, because bread links into a point that I want to make. All oh, right. Well, do you want to make your point first? No, because we need to go through another point to get there. <laughs> right. Shit. <laughs> let's go through your let's, your thing first. So um, the book is called The Tipping Point: How Little Things Make a Big Difference, and right. it's all about the kind of looking at why things suddenly pop and become global sensations yeah and i think actually i've talked about this in a previous episode because one of the bits that i really remembered from the book is the broken window theory and uh, we talked about that before you know and and um and how you create change and 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 a lot of it is through you know constantly hammering the point as well you know it's why the broken window theory in just in case people aren't clear about so if you're not if you're not clear about it very briefly New York, massive crime problems in the uh, 70s and 80s. And the theory was is that, you know, if there was a real problem with graffiti because aerosol graffiti had just come out and, uh, you know, and you could buy it in cans and, you know, it was accessible. So people were tagging and spray painting everywhere. So the idea is if you have a broken window in a neighbourhood that gets left unattended, and then another window breaks. Then people start seeing this as like, oh, we can break another window and yeah. it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden your area becomes crime-ridden because it's like, you know, things exponentially kind of grow like moss. So the way that they solved it was by every train that came in graffitied, they just repainted. Right. And they just hammered that home. So it was just impossible to graffiti it mm. because as soon as it left the station, it would just have been repainted. Mm-hmm. And it perturbed people and they obviously brought in the zero tolerance system as well for crime so you know it's, it's very much on the same thread you know innovation you need you need adopters communication channels time and social uh, system mm-hmm. to kind of enact all of these changes mm. uh, and it's quite interesting because I think you know we're living in a time of social media and you know everyone wants to be the next viral sensation Everyone wants to be a meme, you know, uh, Chewbacca mom. Can you remember her? <laughs> yeah. You know. Tron guy. And I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
Oh, yeah. Can you remember her? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and she was like a meme, a viral sensation. That makes me think of the little girl smiling coyly to the camera while there's a huge fire behind her as well. (laughs) Right, right, right. I love that one. My sister asked me a couple of years ago, because she's a primary school teacher, and she said to me, like, can you just explain to me what the difference is between a meme and a gif? How do I know if it's a meme or if it's a gif? And I was like... Well, a meme is like an idea, you yeah. know, and it comes from genes and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, a GIF is just a file type. Yes. And she was like, I don't get it. How do I know if it's a meme or a GIF? Right. Because obviously <laughs> she's heard her kids say like, oh, look at this cool GIF. Yeah. And look at this cool yeah. um, meme. And she's been like, what's a meme and a GIF? I don't get it. She just didn't know. And she's, and even after I explained it, she still didn't understand. And it was like, it was like the Christmas dinner table. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is like I'm, I'm a bit half cut, <laughs> but I, I said it, and my and I could see my nephew going like, "Ah, oh, that's really interesting." Like totally getting it, right? And my sister was like, "But it, how do I know if it's a meme or a gift?" You haven't answered it. <laughs> Maybe she shouldn't be a teacher. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> It's kind of interesting. We're, we're living in times where, you know, you can have your five seconds of fame, yeah. you know, and everyone wants to get onto that because actually five seconds of fame nowadays, you know, can create you an instant revenue on a product or whatever. Yeah. So, listeners, if you've got any products that you want us to plug, if it's cocktail related and we like it, we will do that for you. Just send us a message. Will we? Get in touch. <laughs> I think so. I'm glad you put the caveat if we like it oh god yeah thank you Definitely. for at least putting that caveat in yeah if we don't like it fuck that yeah <laughs> we're not being paid to <laughs> unless you want to pay us a lot of money yeah <laughs> so what were you going to say I can't remember now was it going to be about 86 and a half yes syrups? yeah so yeah and um yeah, definitely about him. Oh, you remembered. That's amazing. You've got such good memory. I'm a bit drunk now, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 86 and a half, you know, syrups. Like, we're more than happy to help someone out with the burgeoning cocktail business. Absolutely. We're, we're happy to plug him, even though he's not sent us anything, because he's just actually sent us a message. Yeah, it's just been nice. Yeah, it's just been nice. <laughs> that's all, that's that's all, all we takes. need, listeners. That's just, all it takes. Just be nice to us. <laughs> Is it that hard, really? Well, in the world, to be nice. To be nice. I find it hard to be nice sometimes. <laughs> but that's because I'm a massive cunt. Oh, my God. You know, I, this week, I, I've never done this. I totally lost my shit with an Amazon guy. Did you? I was ranting. I was throwing papers around. I wow. totally lost my shit with him. Wow. What happened? To cut a long story short, basically, yeah. there was a package that they had failed to deliver three times right two of those times I was sitting there in the office at work waiting for it when I've got the notification going oh "Oh, I couldn't deliver it oh no so I'd already been on the phone to them and it was the next week and it was the fourth attempt of this delivery and he's holding the box in front of me yeah and it's and it's a bottle of whiskey right so it needs age verification and he's going I can't give you it without proof of ID oh for God's sake you need a driving license or a passport and I'm going every other guy just asks the date of birth you can see how old i am <laughs> i've got a card here that's got my name on it and a picture you can see i'm the person on there yeah and he would not bend oh 
and I was so exasperated. Oh. And at the same time, there's like a little old lady standing next to me going, well, I d- it's ridiculous. And I'm going, it is. I know it is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. But I did totally lose my shit and just threw my arms in the air and just went, whatever, man, whatever, and just walked away. I love it. And he was shaking. I was so upsetting him that I could see that he was shaking. And I felt so guilty afterwards. Because oh, know ridiculous. I know it is. And I, but I also know that Amazon drivers deal with so much shit. But it was just... Yeah, but then also... I just, I was you telling- also, like, see them, like... You know, like in our flat, even if they bother to ring the bell, like, they're gone They've before gone. I... Yeah, I know. And you're like, man, you're leaving my stuff on the street uh, where anyone can pick it up. And I was, Like, I, it's so frustrating. And I was trying to help the guy. I was saying to him, look, take my date of birth, tick that box. That's all you need to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he would not do it. And I'm like, uh, I, I, I was on the point of insulting him, but... I, I do not insult strangers, so... That's nice. I had to just throw my hands in the air and walk away. But the thing is, it is is totally absurd. This whole age verification has gone absolutely bonkers because, like, I... You know, it it was supposed to be Challenge 25, but now it's like some people challenge you no matter what. I was challenged in the supermarket, and I said to the person, I'm 38. I was like, do I really look 17 to you? And she went, no, you don't. I was like, so just give it to me. Okay. And I was thinking afterwards, yeah, you're you're the kind of you you're like a concentration camp guard. You're you're just the guy who just nods and follows orders. You've got no initiative. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is that is that kind of thing of just like, oh man, just like you know, the whole computer says no thing, isn't it? Be a human. Yeah. yeah That's why yeah. I was like begging yeah. him, just be a human being. Especially on your fourth time as well. Oh man. Yeah, but stupid. I came out of a win for that. Oh yeah. Because the next day two were delivered a replacement oh wow and then and and they just asked for the date of birth they didn't ask for oh, brilliant and when i checked you know my orders yeah the other one had been classed as returned oh i love it so i got two for one. Oh, but i did have karma came back man but i did lose my shit and feel really bad about that yeah but karma came back you made a win there i mean i you know i mean i had a thing where i bought a um a, a trolley to to cart all my comic con stuff back and forth i bought it and I really needed it for the Comic Con as well. And, you know, I waited two weeks and I was like, oh, where is it? I need it. Phoned up the company and they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we haven't got any in stock. I was like, okay, well, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, well, we'll be getting more, more in stock in about a month. So I was like, well, no, I need it now. So can I just have a refund and cancel the order? Fine. It took two weeks and five phone calls for them to refund me five phone calls and three emails and then uh about a month and a half later it turned up so i was like oh cool i'd already Mm. bought one the same one from another company so i was like well i've got two now and then two months later they phoned me up and went oh yeah we we sent you that order uh by mistake uh you'll have to send it back to us and i was like i have to do i they're like yeah (laughs) you have to send that back so i was like okay Well, how do I have to send it back? And they're like, well, uh, we'll, we'll send you a, um, a courier notice, um, and we'll pick it up from the address that you're at. And I was like, what, my home address? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And I was like, okay. Uh, and they're like, yeah, so you, you'll just need to be in your, your property between nine and seven. <laughs> and I was like, but I've got work to go to. And they're like, uh, yeah, but 
I was like, look, I live opposite a post office, so I can just take it to the post office and then you can do it there. No, it has to be your home address. So I was like, okay, well, why don't you pay me 250 quid to take a day off work? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, not that I get paid 250 quid a day, but, but you know, yeah. I'm self-employed. I could, I, I have been. That's your going other. right. And they're like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Because it was only 70 quid, the trolley, anyway. Yeah, right. And then anyway, it balled down. They've sent me another email. They sent me another, phoned me up twice. And then I just went like, what are you going to do about it? And they're like, well, we'll take you to court, sir. I was like, for a 70 pound trolley. And by that point, I was just like, I'm not going to send it back to them. Just out of spite. Yeah. Just because like, just fuck off. Like yeah. you didn't give me the money back. It took me five phone calls and three emails to get my money back. You, you know, you, you hassled me around and now you're being dicks about it. So I've got two trolleys now. Nice. <laughs> and I've got two know. bottles of whiskey. Double wins. <laughs> little, it's these little victories that we have to have nowadays because life has become so... It's true. Oh, don't you just feel like yeah. the, the sort of the... You know, one of the things that I'm finding so dumbfoundedly annoying is fucking AI making artwork now. Oh, yeah, let's not go in there. But I was going to say, but like AI, the, someone fucking won an art contest with an AI piece of work. Did they really? Yeah. And they didn't know it was made by AI. But it's just like, you haven't fucking made it. You've just typed stuff <laughs> into a keyboard. You're not an artist. Ah! Do you know, I, I was thinking the other day, I really missed just listening to you rant. He just missed it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that somehow we've got there today. I think what I've learned is if I don't throw you facts... <laughs> <laughs> you, you just end up like feeding on whatever's around. <laughs> that does tend to, does tend to happen. <laughs> You've missed my rants, have you? I have, I have. It's nice to have them back. Thank you. Um, should we go back into the last little bit of my down the rabbit hole? Yes. Thing? Yeah, yeah. So back to that model, in fact, of diffusion of innovation, of how ideas spread. Yeah. And I've been reading this really excellent book called Drunk, How We Sipped, Danced and Stumbled Our Way to Civilization by Edward Slingerland. He makes these points in the book. How all those factors in the kind of diffusion of ideas thing, how alcohol is really important in these things. Like right. historically, alcohol and other intoxicants are like really key factors when it comes to inspiration. Like the way, oh, al right. you know, alcohol inhibits functions of the prefrontal cortex. So we're more creative when we're mildly intoxicated. <laughs> I think mildly is the word there. Mildly is the key word. Yeah, because they've done loads of studies about right. like the optimum level of, yeah, yeah. we're kind of more open, we're more creative, we talk more, we're more social, we're more friendly. Yeah. And so that links into this whole idea of beer before bread beer before bread yeah so thinking about ancient humans and going back to the neolithic periods which is where we've got like the first evidence of sort of human settlements yeah. and agriculture first starting right which would you say came first beer or bread oh i would probably say bread mm. but you but it's beer is it well i think bread has been the dominant thought for decades right but increasingly, the evidence is that beer came first. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. So 13,000 years ago, there's like a couple of particular places. There's Uruk in Iraq and the Levant in Syria. And they found grain silos. The grains that they found 
were no good for making bread. Right. And the tools that they found were all about making beer. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, now the general thought is that beer came before bread, that intoxicants used... Like in, in, in a ceremony, yeah, in ritual and ceremonial context, that that was like the the most important thing. Yeah, and then they worked out, oh, you could make bread with this stuff as well. <laughs> right, I love yeah. that. That's interesting. I mean, I think you know, humans have loved getting fucked up for a very long time, and I think ever since like the first person ate a magic mushroom, must have been like, fucking hell, this is amazing. Mm. Like we can eat those, and we'll just trip out, we'll trip balls, and then all of a sudden you have spiritualism and religion and all sorts of ideas and all. And, you know, they actually think, don't they, that possibly that's how we discovered language because of someone tripping and, and being like, oh, and then suddenly we developed this idea of language between really? each other. Okay. I, I can't quite remember where I read that or saw that, but I definitely remember it being in my brain somewhere. I've, I've noticed listening back to old episodes that a lot of your ideas somehow end up with you going, there was this time I took magic mushrooms. <laughs> Man, mushrooms are the key. I think there's so many amazing things from being intoxicated. I think the problem mm. that we have is that, you know, we tend to take it too far as people because we yes. enjoy the intoxication. Yeah. You know, I used to love uh, when I was a stoner, like, you know, doing drawing while stoned, but the trick was to do an hour or two hours of drawing and then smoke a joint not smoke a joint and then try and draw, draw because <laughs> yeah, it, right, yeah. you need to be in the right headspace and also just to yeah. limit it to one joint because if I had four I'd just be too fucked then and then I'd just be making all sorts of mistakes is it when your motor function and all that starts inhibiting you know yes exactly isn't yeah, it yeah. and loads of people in Silicon Valley and stuff are microdosing LSD and all sorts of things aren't yeah, they yeah and actually in that book he talks about Google having like a whiskey lounge oh right like a whiskey room right that, that people can go to and just like have a whiskey and then they just suddenly become a bit looser and yes. start generating ideas. Yeah. There's quite a bit in that book actually about tech companies kind of harnessing the power of being mildly intoxicated. Right, right. Just being kind of uh, relaxed, being allowing the mind to just kind of um... well the thing is actually like you know, so much in the creative sphere, you know, when you're drawing, when you're say, say for example, life drawing Mm. You know, the the general idea between life drawing is that, you know, you start off with 30 second poses and you get try and get the figure down in 30 seconds and then you move to two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, and then you sit down to do your long pose because you want to be relaxed. Mm. Uh, you want to okay. be fluid. And the worst way of a life drawing is when it looks stiff mm. and over-laboured. And that often comes when you're nervous or when you're when you're thinking too much about it. Yeah. And it's the same with acting. Like, you know, on my acting course, so much of the course was about relaxation and warming, warming up. As people, as people, we are most connected when we are relaxed yeah. because we haven't got these thoughts that are interrupting. Exactly, yeah. And I yeah. find that with my work, you know, so much of my day is about getting me into a relaxed headspace. And, you know, I, mm. I have noise cancelling headphones. You know, the last um, few, three weeks, I've, I've had the Sopranos in the background. Mm. to kind of keep me in another world so that I can focus. I focus more when I'm mildly distracted by something I enjoy. Yes, yeah. All of this stuff is scientifically proven. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's why I like podcasts. That's why I like listening to podcasts because I'm listening to them, but I'm usually doing some bit of writing or, or kind of right. just, just sort of thinking. Yes. <laughs> and I think like... <laughs> and I think a podcast like ours, which is so edifying, 
and you know so uh <laughs> so <laughs> fact driven and <laughs> um i mean actually listeners if you can help us if you can be the adopters and the communication channels for us yeah to help no garnish spread if you can help spread the idea of no garnish that's what we need oh that would be amazing so if if all of you if 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 you could just take a bit of your day not every day you don't have to do it every day but if you could just between each episode just tell one person and just really sort of say to them like you i think you'd really like to listen to this like we could expand our listenership exponentially exponentially yeah it'd be amazing wouldn't it um so it's it's food for thought man i like it yeah it's just some food for thought different doesn't mean bad it doesn't not at all it's a recipe for a good time i guess it is so are you ready for who wants to be <laughs> it's been a long time. I've been away on holiday. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, Paul. It's so nice to see you. Oh, thank you. I know it's always nice to see me. Every time I see me, it's nice. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's nice to see me, isn't it? <laughs> nice to see me? To see me nice. <laughs> um, how have you been, darling? Have you been okay? I've been fine, thank you. Have you? Yeah. You, you're looking very radiant. Have you done something different? I've cut my hair and had a shave. Oh, darling. It looks fantastic. That's all on it you. takes. I've had a shave. I've had to shave everywhere. <laughs> I was on a holiday in Brazil. Have you heard of the Brazilian? Oh, no. oh, I had many Brazilians. <laughs> well, there was delicious. I had one in the morning, three in the afternoon, and several in the evening. <laughs> so, today we're talking about ideas, aren't we? We are. Talking about ideas. And I thought of an artist. Hey, back to the artist. Back to the artist. We're raising the game. We're raising the cerebral level of it all. Yeah, excellent. And I was thinking about the idea and the execution. And often they don't match up sometimes with the art, do they? Sometimes you have great ideas and shit execution. Right. Sometimes you have great execution with shit ideas. Okay. So, your artist to think about this week. Right. So the cocktail and the artist share the same name. Okay, so everyone, to remind you, this is a visual artist. It will be an artist like a painter or a a a a, 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 a painter. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a painter or an illustrator or some sort of visual artist. And first of all, I will tell you the cocktail. Okay, are you ready? You must mix peppermint tea infused gin. One peppermint tea bag, eight ounces of gin, and for the cocktail, one ounce of sweet vermouth, three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, and one ounce of strawberry simple syrup, three to four ounces of soda water, and daisies for a garnish. Daisies? One sprig of peppermint. And the peppermint gin. Mm. How much of the peppermint gin? No, one sprig of peppermint for the gin. Yeah, but there's there's peppermint gin in the cocktail. No, it's one peppermint tea bag and eight ounces of gin. That's how you make the peppermint-infused gin, you Yeah, see. but there is gin in the cocktail. Yes, there but is. But you didn't say how much. Yes, eight ounces of gin. Eight ounces in a cocktail? Yes. I don't think that's right. That's what it says, darling. 
don't question the princess. <laughs> and eight ounces of gin. That's like half a bottle. Well, there's going to be a boozy one, okay, darling. I care. I, I, I should know better than to argue with the princess, shouldn't I? <laughs> oh, wait. Hang on a minute. <laughs> to assemble the cocktail, combine one and a half ounces of peppermint tea and gin go. Okay. with the vermouth, lemon juice, and strawberry simple syrup into the shaker, filled with ice and shake until chilled. Okay. Strain into a sling glass filled with ice, topped with soda water, and garnished with daisies and a sprig of peppermint. Interesting. Like peppermint gin, strawberry vermouth highball. Mmm. Would you Weird. like to drink that? I'd, I'd try it. Oh, I think it sounds absolutely delightful. Do you? Okay. Mm. Right. And remember, listeners, if you guess correctly, you can win 50,000 adulation points. <laughs> Are you ready for your cryptic clues? Yeah. Okay, number one. Badly drawn line summoning unfiltered inner child filled with angst, humour and hope. I extended modern life into the existential, cheery, freehand cartoons. Cryptic clue number two. Whilst I may be messy, I'm actually incredibly smart. You may think I'm uneducated, but maybe I'm just unlearned. Cryptic clue number three. I made the DIY idiosyncratic blurred the lines of a good song, donned my hat to Bonnie Prince, and crookedly smiled with my capped brass tooth whilst bending my knee to be knighted. And those are your three cryptic clues. Okay, everybody, if you think you know the answer, you can message in to the Instagram page, which is at NoGarnishPod, or you can email NoGarnish at FastMail dot fm and remember if you guess correctly you get 50,000 adulation points to spend at a later date I've really missed these oh darling I've missed them as well it's only been a couple of episodes but I've really Ooh. missed them oh it's been a while it has been a while I, th- I, I, I feel like my knickers have all been blown up again <laughs> Yeah, me too. Okay, that lovely wafty feeling at my knickers. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, summer breeze in the autumn. <laughs> nice. Have we got any matters arising? Um, I better go back to my other voice now, should I? Yeah, yeah. It's hard though, isn't it? It is really difficult. It's like you wrestle. I see you wrestling. With it. <laughs> it's too much fun. Um, matters arising. Well, um, have we had any? Uh, well, we haven't had any messages. No. Okay. <laughs> So no matters arising. I'm okay. still talking like her, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm so pleased Princess is back. That's ma- that's made my day, obviously. Yeah, that, that makes up for that awful Amazon delivery guy. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that she can bring a bit of joy to your life. Any takeaways from today? I think, like, um, the Felix the Cat being the light bulb moment is one of those facts that you can whip out at some point in your life. It's quite a useful fact. Right. It could be a good icebreaker for someone. I wouldn't say it's useful. Well, like, I can imagine if you're trying to pick someone up in a club, you could be like, hey, do you know why there's the light bulb symbol on the head? It's actually from the 18th century cartoon Felix the Cat. But no, not Felix the Cat, the cat food. <laughs> the oh, cat food. Do you like cats? <laughs> like, do you have cats? God, is these your pickup lines as well? Uh, no, I've not picked up anyone for years. <laughs> I've 
is probably why. Uh, have you had any uh, uh, points that anything that you want to take home from today? Yeah, because I didn't know that about memes and genes. Oh, okay, cool. So I learned that. Nice. Thank you for that one. That's nice. it. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, should we do the dice? Yeah. And see what we're going to drink next week. Oh, exciting dice roll. Number six. Number six is a cocktail called the Saturn. Ooh. Saturn is a tiki cocktail. We like our tiki oh, cocktails. I love a tiki cocktail. But it's a gin one. Oh, right. I'm really fond of Saturns. Oh, okay, nice. You're right. And actually, I'm also thinking, we're always talking about history. History's yeah. great. I like history. History's yeah. fascinating. But I have been kind of wanting to do some stuff about the future. Oh, I love the future. And you like space stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. Let's yeah, look to the stars next yeah. episode. Let's head into space. That's definitely what I want. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's do some future shit, man. Some future shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, everyone, thanks so much for listening. And as always, please rate us on Spotify. It makes a huge difference. And, uh, it does. We've had quite a few five-star reviews, and it's just so lovely to get that. And definitely, you know, it really does make a difference because there are more people now listening on Spotify than there were before. Is that right? It's always been about wow. 50%, and now it's gone up to about 60 60, 65%. Oh, interesting. So it is making a difference. Oh, cool. Cool. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Have our listenerships gone up then? Yeah. <gasps> Have they? And also, yeah. uh, everyone, we are now finally at 500 Instagram followers. So I that's know. a lovely milestone that's as really well. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully uh, by this time next month, we'll be at um, 50,000 followers. <laughs> it Fingers crossed. Hope. <laughs> cool. Over and out. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for the cocktails. <laughs> thank you. Well, we'll see you all in the future, everyone. Really? Have a little ching. Ching ching. Cheery bye, cheery bye, don't look at my poker face, my poker face. Uh, uh. Very good. <laughs> Very good, Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a good one.